How's it going, everybody? Uh, welcome back. It's been a bit of a hiatus, but you know we're back in action due to uh, post post New Year's and a uh, Christmas break. The boys are back in town. Moses, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Excited to see what happens in 2021. Obviously, it's off to a raucous start, to say the yes. least. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, a raucous start. We got like uh, uh, just just a whole bunch of, I guess, political versus sports stuff happening at the same time. Uh, but, you know, that's nothing here or there that we can't deal with, of course. We also do have... Uh, the NBA kicking in a high gear. We have the NFL rounding things off. Uh, UEFA Champions League soccer will be making a reappearance in February. You know, we have the Premier League as well. That's also getting a little crazy, a little dicey here and there. PSG um, transfer market as a whole in Europe and in North America is on the hot and trots. So we have plenty to talk about. And there is a plenty to talk about today, Moses. Um, but yeah, I know... Uh, we wanted to get into it real quick. Uh, I have a I have a, a lot to talk about in the NFL as well. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts here on uh, what we are seeing with Chase Young of the of the now namely Washington uh, football team. Of course, you know these they 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 are uh, taking the gauntlet on PC culture here, uh, and uh, he's taking a call out to one Tom Brady who after you know a lot of doubters and a lot of people were antagonizing his season as to whether he had fallen off and he just uh shot for 40 40 touchdowns uh this season you know now being the oldest player in the NFL to even do such a feat and it just provides that this man has gone to a Super Bowl uh six of nine and I mean it's just something for a kid of this stature a Chase Young uh from really an un I guess, I guess you could say that they have nothing to litmus test themselves against a untested team. You know, what, where does this come from Moses? What are you, what's your take? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, I think <laughs> it's one thing when you're, you're, you're talking to a veteran. For sure. It's another thing when you're talking to a goat, I think, you know, you can't really make that uh, you have to make that disparity and understand, you know, where Tom Brady has been, what he's accomplished. And I, I think going forward, you, you you can't mess around with his record. It's not like this dude has struggled in big games or can't come through it. Heck, he had struggles this year and he still managed to ball out. So when you think what he's done, the record of 11 and five, they're likely going to win their wild card matchup because they're taking on Washington. They should beat Washington. They should uh, definitely be Washington. Yeah. Uh, you're sitting pretty if you're you're, you're Tampa Bay. Uh, this is a a very good group. Um, again, you can't mess around with Tom Brady. You just mentioned it. He's been to nine Super Bowls. So basically, nearly half of his career, he's been to the big game. How many people in their career, they've spent you know, 10, 13 years, maybe got to the Super Bowl once, if that. You know, sure. they, they were just on the cusp. And you, you look at a guy, I think of, of Donovan McNabb, who – who made the Super Bowl the year that they got T.O. But prior yes. to, they went to, I think, three. I don't know if that was the fourth NFC Championship game in a row that they went to, or perhaps yeah. their fifth, that with that including the T.O. Um, uh, including the Terrell Owens uh, Eagles yeah. team. He went to like four straight pretty much uh, NFC Championships, but oh, yeah. only tasted the Super Bowl appearance once. once. So the fact that you got a guy who's gone to nine 
uh, presumably if this team, if everything goes well, it should be interesting to see because he's now got Aaron Rodgers in his conference to face um, as well. So it's not going to be uh, much like it was in the AFC. Oh no, not at all. Not at all. No. Now, now, uh, you're, now you're now, now, now it's even uh, with Patrick Mahomes, he beat Patrick yeah. Mahomes and the chiefs to get to this, his last Super Bowl appearance and victory. So you look oh, at yeah. it, six of nine to, to go to nine is astronomical yeah. to win. Six is just mind boggling uh, to the, to the 10th power. It's just sure. so, sure. uh, so remarkable. And I think no one has, a, no one can speak on that. So I don't know. You've got to put some respect on that name. Like for real. And I think yeah. that's a bad person to start getting under the skin of because yeah. we've seen how Tom Brady has torched a lot of people uh, yeah. during in that time. Pause. So, in the pause, oh, absolutely. You know, so uh, you know, to all the, uh, to all the coming victims uh, of the NFC, uh, just watch out, you know? Yeah. Watch out for that Tom Brady kissing his son video because it's coming back it's recirculating and you that's how he gets his regenerative powers <laughs> it's the regenerative powers it's randomness with there. that kid you're never gonna let him down with that are you oh no no never not for the rest of their lives either of them. but um no bless that um i'm pretty sure we're gonna see an incredible spectacle between um the the bucks and washington uh i look forward to seeing a like you said i'm pretty sure tom's gonna torch this kid Oh, absolutely. Uh, oh, for sure. Uh, there's no there's no way outside of that. But, you know, of course, we also have to give a an honorable mention here because, of course, Moses, uh, we've had a, uh, you could say, a, a victory or even a, a joyous occasion of sorts because the Cleveland Browns have clinched a playoffs berth. This has not been seen since 2002. Moses, there have a lot of a lot of things have happened since 2002. To, you know we've we've gone through i think about technically two recessions uh, <laughs> you know uh you know uh germany has uh you know wallops and beaten brazil at least what seven two by this time uh, actually it's funny because in 2002 well, they lost germany lost to brazil in the world cup they lost to brazil and then and then got the payback in um in that time in between yeah. the time um like I said, so many things that happened, you know, the list is endless, but incredible. Um, what is it? What do we think is really to to be what what would we say is, is really the ode to this? What who could we say contributed to this? Is it your QB? Is he really living up to the level or standard that, um, you know, a lot of people had him at going out the draft? You know, um, uh, roll tide and all that stuff. You know, a lot of people were, were, were on his bandwagon initially, but his first season, he seemed to have dipped. So it was always in question as to whether, um, you know, you guys would, would get the return on your guy here. But uh, we also do have, obviously, a spate of other talented players, you know, in the, um, uh, obviously, you, got, you lost your, your, um, your, your catcher, your high-flying catcher. Uh, but also, you still have, um, I can't remember his name, but the, your linesman what's his what's his name uh tight end you know what hooper you're talking about the tight end yeah yeah i think so or in or in joku i think you're referring to yeah yeah in joku okay but you know what guys all i'm saying is who is carrying the mantle for this one moses do you have any ideas do you have, have you i would imagine you've been scoping things out checking the uh subreddit for cleveland browns you know, uh, they have the Google alerts set to it. Um, what could you say? 
What would you before, before I get to that, I was Googling 2002, man. What was 2002 <laughs> like? And just to give a, before I get to, to answer your question, I want to throw sure. this out. So here, the top song uh, on the, uh, in, in the, I guess in the United States in 2002 yes. uh, was uh, How You Remind Me by Nickelback. Oh, uh, no. Ashanti's Foolish. Ashanti. And you had Hot and Her by Nelly. Nelly was a big deal in 2002. Yeah. Wow. Without Me by Eminem also came out that okay. year. That was so, really you know, awesome. Eve's Gangster Lovin'. Like, we're talking about some good classics coming out here uh, when it comes to, to hip-hop, man. Yeah, like, it's just sure. absolutely amazing. And, like, this is the time when we saw Die Another Day. So, you know, Bruce Willis was still doing Die Hard movies. Bruce uh, Willis. He's had Men in Black 2 came out. Uh, what else happened around that time? Lord of the Rings, uh, yes. you know, so part of the trilogy came out that time. So it's been a long time. That Talk about a throwback, right? So that's oh, what happened in 2002. The last time they were there, the last quarterback for the Cleveland Browns to go there was Kelly Holcomb. Don't remind me what happened because we lost a freaking Tommy Maddox, who was the XFL MVP the year prior. Remember the XFL? Yes. 1.0? We do. Yeah. Yeah, there were still some some you know parts of that that were uh, once they they left and they sold the spare parts. Uh, Tommy Maddox came onto the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, won them a, a game. I, I believe we handed it to him after For a sure. fourteen point lead heading into the fourth quarter. But I digress. So we're gonna move on to this year's edition of the Cleveland Browns, who will take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. So to go, yes. yeah, to talk to your point. Uh, I think there's a lot of things. Kevin Stefanski and his offense, uh, understanding the ground game is going to be crucial. When you have two beasts uh, in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, you got to take advantage of that. And it's certainly done well when you needed to eat up clock in games that were pretty tight and close. And we saw that for the majority of the season. And to have a guy like Nick Chubb pretty much reach a thousand yards uh, while missing some time because of COVID. I think that's a big thing. Uh, the yeah. adversity they faced uh, with a lot of the players, including uh, the lead up to this wildcard game, which is going to be a little disappointing. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, the head coach has done a f- fantastic job. Uh, he uh, obviously will not be part uh, of the team on the sidelines because they've just had a, a terrible case uh, sure. within okay. their training facility okay. over the year, really. Yeah. In terms of the Cleveland Browns, but uh, other factors, uh, when you look at everybody buying in Baker Mayfield, you know, this is a guy who's got character and charisma, love him in those progressive commercials. Right. Um, But, but, but the difference is uh, this year he honed in, he knew that he's like, all right, I'm getting a lot of flack right now. I need to step up my game. I had a great rookie season. I took a step down with the sophomore a year, sure. typical sophomore slump, but I think he's redeemed himself and he's really done a lot of things in the pocket that I've been really impressed with. Cause there've been times where I thought he was going to scramble. Instead, he actually stayed in it. He stepped in it and he made a completed pass and, you know, sometimes threading the needle too. So it takes gusto to do that. And I think he's done a fantastic job in that sense. Plus he's also made some great plays with his feet, um, learning to, you know, find ways to, you know, extend, not just extend plays, but being able to, uh, like he did against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the, final regular season game by getting some crucial first downs with his legs when there was coverage instead of forcing it with a guy in double or triple coverage i think that's another thing that he's taken a step and also throwing the ball out of bounds when there's nothing there he did that a little bit in his first year he um, took like i said he tried forcing things in his second year uh, but he's really really coming to his own in year three with kevin stefanski in the offense and it all comes down to like i said before at the beginning of this whole argument or this comment was the running game and when you have 
a two-headed monster like they do with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, it opens up everything. And you know what? It doesn't hurt when you throw in a few trick plays in there like they've done this season and have connected on them. So there's been a lot that you can say that you can take out of this. It's been um, fantastic. Defensively, they have improved. I know the run game is going to be something that they're going to have to worry about. Uh, a little bit yeah. um uh you know obviously they 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 had their uh, their moments uh, against Connor and Pittsburgh but you know Rudolph in the air um made some great catches and, and kudos to Chase I think it was Chase Claypool I think we made yeah. that one Chase great Claypool, catch yeah. uh to to make it an eight point game last week yeah. but outside of that I, I really do think like defensively they've really done well uh you know um offensively they've taken that big step forward uh, the running game has been fantastic, which has opened things up for Baker Mayfield. So there's been a real good collective effort. And I think that's what's really been the biggest thing. I saw predictors going 11 and five with this team. I was like, I would love your, you know, your lips to God's ears, man. Like I yeah. had no problem with that. When I saw that, considering what they had in the schedule, I was for being sure. a little conservative. I was thinking, you know what, with the expanded playoffs, I could see them squeaking in 10 and six would be a good marker. I'd be very pleased with that. And they went above and beyond that. And 11 and five is a good record. So I see them having a great game against, uh, against Pittsburgh. The unfortunate thing is with the, the with uh, members of the the Browns being struck, it's it's really tough when you go shorthanded when Big Ben's going to be on the opposite side. Even at 38, he's still he's still throwing the ball once he controls it. I think that was the problem with Pittsburgh, uh, you know, uh, afterwards when they started going on their slump was uh, he started taking the reins of the play calling and that actually helped because they were very predictable as things went along. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I think uh, I could see you guys overcoming that. And um, I think it's up for grabs against the Steelers. Uh, ben, obviously, not having to had, uh, not having had the most consistent season this, uh, this season as well, uh, like you had said, also plays into that. Like they, he, he does have a knowledge base that I, I would say outdoes Baker. But uh, you still have a lot more in attacking options. And I think the trick play... Thing is the biggest asset to you because that has been working for the Browns this past season, uh, making a few, you know, top 10 highlight reels here and there. So I think that may make for an interesting game. Where do you think, Moses, that the Browns could uh, finish off? Say say they do take uh, Steelers. Are we saying they go all the way? Or? Uh, it's so tough because that AFC, um, the way things look, you know, you, you do that, you're going to be facing Buffalo or Kansas city. And I think out of those two, I I like the Buffalo matchup, no disrespect in terms of like, it's not going to be like an easy dub or uh, by that, by that, by any means, uh, not at all. But um, you know, you look at the cream of the crop right now, Kansas city chiefs are going to be tough. Like you have to think they are going to be the favorites to go through if they can get past uh, Pittsburgh. I, uh, like you said, it's going to be tough when they lose a couple of key members. Um, yeah. But uh, going into this, uh, going to the wild card on Sunday, I do feel that you know they they can come out of this one. Uh, okay. That's that's a po- that's a strong possibility. And if they do, um, you know, if they take on Buffalo, heck, man, that'll be an interesting uh, you know interesting uh, game in and of itself as well. And then who knows what happens there? But yeah, it's so tough when you have. Uh, you know, Josh Allen playing the way he is with the Bills. And then on top of that, like you look at, like I said, the road runs through Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Oh, and sure. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm a smart enough man not to bet against him. <laughs> no, uh, even if my team is playing against him, it's tough. You, you wish you hope for the best, yes. but you're expecting, 
you know, a Don't Kansas worry. City outcome. So that's oh, what sure. exactly goes down there. So that's what I'm thinking. It's it's doable. Absolutely. I don't think Pittsburgh is a world beater. Yes. And um, to your point about Ben Roethlisberger, he is not mobile as he used to. So yeah. when you have uh, the end rushers like they've had with Vernon and, of course, uh, Miles Garrett, yeah. uh, they are they could wreak havoc with a guy who's, you know, he'll be he's stronger than he is. He's like a tree stump, you know, he's got, a few, but, got a few pounds on him. Yeah, but uh, I think is an opportunity for the ends to kind of feast on him if uh, if sure. they can get to him. So if he doesn't get to there. the ball, yeah. So that's uh, if he doesn't get the ball out quickly. Uh, so that's sure. the that's the idea defensively, oh, yeah. and of course uh, controlling the clock with the run game and kind of establishing the run game uh, well ahead into this one, so you can open up the pass a bit more. Yeah, no, I I see that as being uh, that makes a lot of sense. So. Uh, we look forward to seeing that. Now we want to switch gears, Moses, uh, to the NBA and quickly just dabble in another team uh, that we were, you know, just recently condemning as of maybe the beginning of the, the the NBA season, the end of last year. And I mean, even as recently as probably last week on our uh, Instagram chat here. But the it seems as though the the perennial all-stars of losing the champions, the world champions of tanking, the New York Knickerbockers, have decided this season might be the season they actually try. Moses, it seems they have one of the best winning records going into the Eastern Conference today. Uh, and it doesn't seem like they're in any form to slow down. Of course, we've had a spate of washout um, you know, games where we're just seeing just uh, 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 elongated scores, a lot of uh, uh, of shooting, not not as much defense. You know, people are definitely seeing a difference in 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 the scoring this season. But it seems as though a lot of unlikely teams. You know, not even just them. We're looking at the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers as well, showing a fi- a bit of of life here. Um, and, and, you know, the, the Atlanta Hawks, though, they're also showing they have a little bit in them. So what seems to be happening right now? What is going on in the Eastern Conference? And namely, why are the Knicks winning? See, that's interesting. I have no idea what Tom Thibodeau is doing. Maybe he's doing some voodoo in the background. We saw Kyrie Irving use some sage. So, you know, maybe the uh, NBA is getting a little more spiritual. Who knows uh, what's exactly. But that has been, I guess, the conundrum that's going on in the NBA. What's happening to the New York Knicks? (laughs) You know, um, Obi Toppin's played uh, really great. Uh, You know, this is a – and you just kind of look at that team and their roster. And, you know, with Julius Randle, I think he's starting to get healthy. Yes, and you know when he's healthy, he's kind of he's showing a little taste of it that what he is made of. Yes, and you know he had moments of that with the uh, with the Lakers years back, and you know you're like, oh, sure. this kid's got some promise. But you know once he starts, you know developing and and like I said, stays healthy. I I, I think we're starting to see what he is uh, looking like, and he's he's starting to look like right now an all star. So oh, you yeah. can't go uh, you can't go wrong with uh, the great start. They they maybe it's that new coach bump. Um, if there's ever such a thing with the Knicks, because it doesn't matter who they throw in, it just never ends up working, but so far so good with Thibodeau and company. Yes. Oh, for sure. Uh, Tom Thibodeau has definitely been a breath of fresh air to this organization. I think as well as the president, uh, the new president that they, they, uh, had installed 
at the end of last season, I think just definitely instilled, I think, a, a different culture into the, the Knicks. This is apparent. Uh, you know, I think Coach Fisdale uh, still has a few people in on the organization. And he did report that it seems as though around the, the I guess, training the regiments and, and how they approach games I, there's a lot the tone is a lot more serious than even from when back he was at uh, the organization a brief time as coach but it seems as though that they are really asking themselves okay guys I guess you know this is the NBA it's it's never going to change uh, or isn't changing anytime soon so we can either decide to just be passers by just passengers or or make a real go for it you know there's the core is young i mean it's it's pretty obvious at this point there's not a single big star that would ever ever put their pen to paper for the new york knicks so the guys they got are the guys they got they 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 know they no one wants to play for them right so I think the mindset change came from the fact that, you know, maybe Thibodeau came in and said, all right, guys, you know, um, it, it doesn't take a rocket science to tell you that uh, James Harden isn't going to come. Kyrie didn't want to be here. KD didn't want to be here. I mean, even DeAndre Jordan, he doesn't even need to be <laughs> there. But he, he, did, he, chose, he chose to play for the Nets. He doesn't need to... He doesn't need to be playing, you know, where he's playing right now. There's a lot of people that would rather play, you know, any Charlotte, you know, Washington, but not the Knicks, right? So the reality is there needs to be a rebuild in terms of, I guess, what the Knicks mean, right? What is the organization? What's their heart? What's the culture? So, of course... Um, the only place, place you can build is from the ground floor. And luckily, Julius Randle and RJ Barrett, you know, are very skilled younger players, you know, both very good on the ball and off the ball, as we've seen with their, their recent spate of games. And fairly intelligent players themselves as individuals. Definitely difficult for them previous in previous seasons, you know, namely Randle being always overlooked as, a guy good enough to be on uh, a championship run team, but just never good enough to keep for a championship run team. He always seemed to be migrating from the next, from one situation to the next, uh, almost as if, you know, he's good enough to trade for or trade with, but not good enough to keep and build around. But because the next have no, this is the last stop on the train, you know, there's, Nowhere else here, you right? We're 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 looking at the last stop on the line, and you know they've just decided, hey guys, what else do we have to lose? So I'm excited to see what they actually can produce. I'm more excited for the impending crushing defeat that will come their way when they realize how cold and heartless this uh, this league is, and you know the the resurgence of the NBA memes towards the New York Knicks. They will be also preem and you know top quality just the type of memory we need for this year right I, I i do believe we are going to get a new caliber of um internet content out of this season from the knicks and it is just uh it's tantalizing i cannot wait well that's funny about this um since 2012-13 the knicks through eight games have a winning record it's the first time since then <laughs> Wait, wait, what? 
since 2012 13 that oh, season no. this is the first time they've had a first time since then through eight games through the first eight, through eight for the first eight games of the season through well that. listen you know what even if and if Carmelo couldn't even get you to the mountain there at that point, that was saying something. <laughs> Rebuild should have happened a long time ago. Oh, a uh, long time ago. But you know what? They they do have good coaching. They do have good players. They don't have that superstar. But you know what? They're doing what they need to. Granted, they when you talk about defensively and what uh, Tom Thibodeau likes to do. You know, they are giving up those prime shots. You know, um, and by those primo shots, I'm talking about. Like you know those uh, like three pointers and uh, sure. chances to the rim, you know. But um, you know overall, I think they they've been contesting them, and I think that that plays into a factor rather than giving an open look and letting them drain it. You know they they've they've gone in and been aggressive uh, defensively, and you know right now they look good. But you know eight Even games into a season, 10 games into a season does not make it, you know, does not make an entire year. You know what I mean? Like for, yes. for them, they have, you know, 70 games to go. Uh, sorry, agree. excuse me. Uh, 60, yeah. 60 games to go. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. when you go through that, yeah. Um, I think you have to realize um, that, or I guess it would be, yeah. 62 games to go. No, 70, 74, 70, yeah. uh, 72 games this year. So they'd be at 64. Yeah. Yeah. So 64 games to go, uh, to be more precise. Yeah. There's a lot that can go into a season. Injuries can happen and all of a sudden breakdowns. Or teams just really find a solution because they're like, okay, this is what Thibodeau's done. All right. Let's let's throw this at them. No, just let them – just let Thibodeau do the work for you. Let him destroy his own team for you. Just let him grind them out. You know, play, let, you know, keep one or two of your all stars on at all times, you know, sacrifice the one star you have so that Thibodeau is forced to play his only two good starting players every single game and get the most minutes. So by, I don't know, game the 40th or the 35th game, you know, somewhere there, one of them gets an ACL tear. Or maybe one of them like rolls his ankle and then they're out for the season. And then the next man up sentiment comes in and then OB Toppin plays maybe 20 game stretch. He does really well, double doubles. And then he tears his ACL because Thibodeau wouldn't let him go home after training, you know, because he just needed to make him, you know, understand it's a tough league. And that means you got to toughen up, you know, just regular Thibodeau things. Um, but yeah, we, we, I'm excited to see it. And, and, uh, of course, Moses, you know, we might only be watching the only games that the Knicks win this season, you know, like, just like you said, it's a long season, you know, this might just be the only games they win, you know, and then it's, it's back to regular old schedule televised, you know, Nick, uh, Madison square garden TV is not going to get a, uh, a revamp. And in fact, we are just watching the same reruns over and over again. So I'm, I look forward to the season though, and I hope they do farewell. Maybe the Knicks make the playoffs. We will see. That remains to be seen. And just because of that, we're going to move on to the next topic again in the NBA. And this is also a very interesting one I want to round off with. And that is what is going on with the, uh, the, the bullying going on in the NBA right now, Moses. I think there's, a pan- there's an epidemic um, within the NBA community, and that is that is towards, uh, you know, 
pandemic P and I, I'm making a petition here. I'm making a stand here. You know, I know I was on the wrong side of history previously slandering and, and, and really going after this man, you know, for, for all that he was unable to do in the time of need, you know, uh, hitting the side of a backboard and whatnot. But, you know, pandemic P he's come a long way, guys. He's, he's gotten a lot better and he's become a lot more consistent and he knows he needs to take responsibility for what he did or didn't do last season. Um, but I mean, to get to the point where this guy is getting called soft by Devin Booker, Devin Booker. I mean, the, the disrespect, the level of slander, the dis, the goal. I, I don't know. Moses, I need some reassurance on this because it, it makes no sense to me. I, I mean, what, what needs to be done? What more does Paul George need to do to gain the respect of at least even his peers or the youngins? What's going on? Make a corner three. Uh, being able to make a pass, not to the referee. Okay. Um, Is this the list? Yeah, well, I'm just trying to think of like things off the top of my head, really. Um, when you look at PG, yeah. you know, we know he can play, but, you know, granted, like he did. Level. But it's one thing when you talk the talk, you better be able to walk the walk. And I think there's been a lot more talk than walk with him. Uh, conversely, we've seen... Um, the emergence of Devin Booker, not like we haven't seen that this guy couldn't ball before, right? Like last year he became an all-star. Years prior, I remember watching him against the Celtics and this dude would just go off. He dropped 71 in a game. Absurd, right? Yes. Then you look at the addition or prior to the addition, but like over the bubble to go 8-0, the only team to win every single game while they were there, right? Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. missing out on a tiebreaker to get into that uh, sure. that that playoff spot, right? Yeah. And then the the addition of a guy like CP3, who brings an air of confidence to this team, knowing that you have a guy who's who took OKC to the playoffs when they were given a two point three percent chance to do so the year prior, and you're and you, and, and gave the Rockets a scare in the first round. Mention, uh, not to mention Moses's pick for MVP. Oh, 100%. He should have been. Uh, and I think you, you, you couple that when you see the, you, you see a lot of promise with, with the Suns, and Devin Booker sees the fruits of that. And, you know, when you're a talented player and now you're getting to see results of your team winning right now, they're the tops in the West at six and three in the first nine games, right? That's above the Lakers and above the Clippers. That is true. So you have to ask yourself, you know, when you, when you're there, when you are on the top, you're going to be, Especially if you've been on the top for a long time, you're going to see some people up and coming and they're going to be in your face. Yeah. Especially when you have people um, like Devin Booker in the, in the situation they're in because they're definitely a playoff team and they can make noise. I do believe so. They could get to a second round, uh, potentially a third, depending how the draw goes, uh, how momentum goes. But that's always a possibility. And to see Paul George come out with a talk, you know, and this is repeated. Like, this is not just like one time, two times. Like, we know he's a good player. He wouldn't be in For the sure. NBA and earning a max contract if he wasn't. For but sure. let's be real. You call out Damian Lillard for a bad shot, which he hit against you from half court virtually and sunk it with no problem. No. <laughs> yeah, you have no right Cold to speak blooded. to that. That's no. a bad shot. And yeah. then you have what should be an open, clear, 
excellent opportunity from beyond the arc, and you hit the side of the, the backboard. Side, son. So, with that said, yeah, of course they're going to call you that. Of course they're going to get under your skin because right now you're not looking too good. You're not looking too hot. Not saying yeah. you can't. I'm just saying right now you're getting you're clowned a little so bit. Yeah. And Devin Booker, uh, in comparison, um, you know, everybody enjoys and loves and, you know, are cheering on the Suns. I know I'm, I'm, I'm indifferent to them, but you know what? I have a soft spot for them. Uh, given with CP3 and Devin Booker is an ex- excellent player and is great to watch. DeAndre Aiden, a big center, um, looking to get things done in the post. Yeah, you know what? I like to see what Phoenix does in the West. For sure. And for sure. so I see, I'm like, yo, you just got to stick to playing, man. It, like, you know, that's what I, I got to say to PG. Just continue playing. Don't worry about getting into that small talk because everyone's going to get in your head. And they see it now. They're like sharks with blood in the water, you know? They know what's coming. And they go after them because they can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Blood in the water, indeed. By the way, I just wanted to mention to everybody, the reason the, the Suns are actually doing well isn't the acquisition of uh, CP3, but it's subtraction to uh, do better, which is they let go of Kelly Oubre because they were like, this guy's <laughs> trash, bro. And uh, You blame Oubre, eh? I mean, look, hey, they asked <laughs> Kelly to do the same thing he was doing supposedly for the Suns, right? And this guy is just, I don't know what the hell is going on, man. What the, what, what, what version of basketball is he playing? Um, not non-professional. But, you know, I think the Suns definitely uh, deserve to be, you know, talking, talk, talking their talk. You're right. Devin Booker has put in the work. He's stuck with the team, you know, even when people were making fun of him. And he's also come a long way in terms of slander, right? You know, let, lest, lest we forget Devin Booker is also the guy who, um, who gloated, you know, to your team, uh, nonetheless, about dropping, what, 70 uh, you know, to which Marcus Spot replied, you know, you still lost, you know, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly very, that is very true. Career high 70 points on a loss is not, is, it, no one cares, no one cares. You know, Bradley Beal can tell you that for sure, you know, 60 points, and that goes on, on that, that did go answered because they beat you, and that doesn't matter. You should be asking questions. How can I drop 71 and still lose? <laughs> yeah. That's the question you should be asking. That's the real question you should be asking. So, you know, Devin's really been through the ringer himself. So I think you know what it is? It's a it's a combination of now being in a winning position and you know, really feeling uh emboldened now to really take pot shots at at, at anyone, really. You know, like in terms of people would take shots at him all the time. And they have, you know, even even leading up to this this point, right? I think it was even made fun of that they had done so well in the bubble and still ended up going home. That really didn't sit right with Devin. I could tell. You could tell he he took it personally because, of course, how do you work that hard and and really put your team on your back, game after game in 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 a circumstance that, I guess was was not to everyone else's, you know, we didn't, we didn't expect the bubble to happen or, or whatever the season ended up being, but he really stepped up to the challenge. Right. So I really do think, you know, part and parcel, he was a messenger, uh, bringing a message of all the people of the NBA not necessarily just Devin. I don't think it was personal towards Paul George. And I agree with you. It was, it was very much a, I think it was very much a schoolyard sort of, you know, sometimes you just got to pick on the guy 
who looks like uh, uh, who's easy to pick on. You know, yep. You just yeah, you, you, you do it just to do it. You got nothing else to do. You know. <laughs> yeah. In between, in between, uh, learning basic algebra and and um, and and uh, basic accounting and stuff like that in school. I don't know what people learned in school, but in recess, this is basically what happens. You know, your kids just. They just can be mean to each other. And Devin Booker, you know, he's just letting a little steam off. I think also Chris Paul doesn't help because we all know he can be very messy. Uh, you know, whatever we've caught on camera, we've already seen this guy. This guy probably says it talks a lot of shit. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure he probably was in his ear like, uh, you know, a Palpatine just sort of talking to him and saying, hey, man, yes, tell him, tell him how you feel. <laughs> you know, I, I, Devin, Devin, you know, you got to watch yourself. But, you know, to that, you know, we wish them good luck. Paul George, you're going to make a comeback for sure. Let's see how you p- play in the playoffs. Um, I'm excited to see if the Clippers can actually make a real run at it and lose in the Western Conference Finals to the Lakers like we know they are destined to do. That's their real, that's their yep. real position in this whole thing. But outside of that, Moses, uh, it has been a great, you know, comeback episode starting off the new year strong. We're going to be doing this uh, consistently, of course. Um, glad to see you're 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 doing okay. You're alive. You know. Um, yeah, I'm still breathing. Still breathing. He's still breathing, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and we are excited to come back next week as well. We'll have a, uh, more content and great things to talk about because the sports world already does the most of the the legwork for us. They uh, they always keep it entertaining. So Moses, um, it was great seeing you again, man. Uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Is there anything else you want to add? Any, anything you want to shout out? You know what? I'm excited for 2021. I think there's big things coming. I think we're going to get through the end of this whole thing, and I think that's going to be big for us. Once we start seeing fans regular, like regularly at these games, you know, we got the National Hockey League that's going to be starting up um, on Thursday or Wednesday uh, the 13th. Uh, this month, and then you have the NBA in full swing. It'll just be nice to see packed stadiums again. Of course, the NFL playoffs. Still, uh, I don't know if we're going to see anything by the time the Super Bowl happens with larger and like large, large crowds for sure, for having sure, a packed yeah. uh, stadium or an arena. Yeah. But I do see that in the horizon, and I'm just looking forward to just putting this all behind us, where we can get back to normal and do what we do, and that's enjoy the love of sports and you know, uh, bring people together, especially around this time. People together. I agree. I completely agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. I look forward to it too. Well, I feel like we are definitely on the other side of this thing, guys, uh, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here and, uh, yeah, sports, please. We need, we need crowds. We need live sports. We need, uh, that, that back because it definitely adds that, that je ne sais quoi to a, a live sporting event and also just takes the level of competition just that much higher. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited to see that as well. Um, you know, I, I, heaven forbid, I have to watch a, an Olympics with an empty stadium. So let's, uh, let's hopefully get this sorted out by then as well. So that's coming up this year, but of course, everybody, um, Thanks so much for, for tuning in again. Episode 27, Beyond the Bleachers. We will see you back next week. And goodbye. Good.
This podcast is a Collab House production.